What's up and welcome to an emergency podcast presented by 48minutesnetwork.com. Today I'm joined by one of my really, really good friends, Jordan Bonji. We've been trying to do this podcast forever and this is just the perfect time. Chris Stapps Porzingis was just dealt to the Dallas Mavericks and uh, my friend Jordan is the creator of Lottery Bound Hoops. He can be found at Lottery Bound Hoops. And they are a newer publication, uh, especially on Twitter. They have a website as well where they talk about all NBA hoops but specialize in bad basketball. And what a great time to love bad basketball with Zion Williamson on the horizon. On this episode, we're obviously going to talk about the Chris Stapps Porzingis trade, the repercussions of that trade, kind of how it's going to affect some stuff. We're going to talk about Anthony Davis and... uh, how we see that all shaken out, what's actually a good trade offer for that. We're going to talk about Zion Williamson and what is his value. We're going to talk about Blake Griffin. We're going to talk about the Kings. We talk about a ton of stuff. We also, at the end, we talk about Toy Story. We talk about Star Wars. Uh, This is one of my favorite episodes I've probably ever recorded uh, for a podcast. And uh, it's, it's what I've been looking forward to especially with Jordan since I've been recording podcasts. So please check it out. Please make sure you guys uh, check him out as well. Like I said, at Lottery Lottery Hoops. And uh, yeah, enjoy, guys. Have a good time listening to it. Appreciate you. All right, and I am here with my good friend, Jordan Bonji. He is the guy that runs Lottery Bound Hoops. It's a uh, it's a new website. They also have a Twitter as well. Jordan, how's it going? Doing good, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course, man. Uh, been loving your Twitter. It's it's fun. It's informative. You you do some pretty good stats on there, uh, and I know you have some buddies helping you as well. So uh, make sure you follow that. What's the uh, what's the at on that? Uh, yeah, you can go ahead and follow us at at Lottery Hoops. Okay, gotcha. And you don't do you don't do just like your normal basketball Twitter, right? So it's it's a little refined. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's all over the place. It depends who's handling it, whether it's me or my buddy. <laughs> uh, if you know us well, you can definitely tell who's handling it <laughs> at each time. But yeah, it's all over the place. Um, yeah. Sometimes it's jokes. Sometimes it's stats. Um, sometimes it's just live tweeting stupid games. Yeah, I saw um, you live live tweeting the other night, the Pacers game. Oh yeah, was, I about gave up in the fourth quarter. I was like, this game is <laughs> this game blows. Yeah. And the and the the vibe and the kind of goal of lottery bound hoops, uh kind of tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've just been and I'm a huge basketball fan. Um my buddy, um Logan Leg, I'll give him a shout out. He's also a basketball fan. It's just something a platform he wanted to do just for fun. Um just a hobby, just to get our basketball takes out no matter how bad they are um because like honestly neither of us know what we're talking about (laughs) right on we're just going for it no that's that's definitely the mo for uh for basketball twitter is just want to get your takes out which i learned is an actually insane place to ever just browse oh for sure it's uh it's great twitter for everyone but you guys specifically are uh you guys do all nba twitter but you guys like specialize in the niche that is 
bad basketball. Yeah, that's kind of what we're going for. Um, it's bad basketball, it. the lottery-bound teams. Um, yeah, I th- you know, part of that probably just comes from, like, I'm a—we're both, I guess, basically, um, Kings fans. I've been a Kings fan my entire life, so I'm just, like—I just love bad basketball because I've grown up with it, like, as far back as I can remember. And so I'm just like, yeah, let's watch all these bad teams and see how <laughs> see how it goes. <laughs> so that's kind of where I'm at. Absolutely. I love it. And uh, no, really no better time uh, than the Zion sweepstakes, man. Oh, my gosh. She's so good. This is like the time to follow the lottery, like the perfect time. And uh, speaking of the lottery, so the team with the least amount of wins this year is the New York Knicks. We got word today that the Knicks traded Chris Stapp's Porzingis. Did they? Did that happen today? That happened. Of course it did. Oh, uh, all right. We got, we got the Woj bomb. It was dropped on us. Uh, Chris Stapp's Porzingis is headed to Dallas. And uh, in return, uh, the Knicks are going to get uh, Wesley Matthews, Dennis Smith Jr., DeAndre Jordan, and a first-round pick. I haven't seen what the year is on the pick. Have you seen this yet? Yeah, I've I've seen a couple things. One of them I saw was a twenty twenty one unprotected pick. Sure. And then All a twenty twenty three, I think top ten protected. But then I've seen other sources that said that it was just one pick. So I honestly am not sure. Okay, um, so we definitely know it's some sort of pick, um, and Dallas is getting. Chris Tapps Porzingis, of course. And they're also going to get um, Courtney Lee and Tim Hardaway Jr. So they're going to take on what could be bad salaries. You said you're a Kings fan. <laughs> I was trying oh, yeah. to, I've been trying to convince you for the last six months to take <laughs> Tim Hardaway Jr. And oh, yeah. you've, you've had no part of it. Yeah. So, want nothing to do with it. Yeah. So we can finally put that part to rest. And, uh, you know what? I mean, you know what? I could still, I could see the Kings talking themselves into it. <laughs> I could see the Kings being like, you know what? You're a, you're under a six, seven. Um, yes. You should be our small forward. You guys talk yourselves into uh, uh, Andrew Wiggins like every two weeks. So Tim oh, Hardaway, Tim Hardaway is th- not a stretch. I'm, you know what? <laughs> I think we're, uh, I think we're moving past that. I, th- I think Kings fans have finally graduated from Andrew Wiggins and we're all aboard the Auto Porter train. I'm I'm all for it. Auto Porter is the next Andrew Wiggins. I feel confident of it. But uh Oh man. But Chris Tapps Porzingis is going to Dallas. Uh the really the first thing I think of is Porzingis, Luca, and Dirk. This is like the holy trinity. This is like the the trifecta. This is it. This is like European basketball at its finest. What was yeah. your like initial reaction? Uh, I I'm okay. This is this is kind of messed up. I actually kind of forget Dirk is even on that team still. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> I'll look at box scores and I'll just be like, oh, Dirk played ten minutes, went uh one for five. Yeah, all right, because that's uh that's the that's, thing. That's charming. Yeah, I mean, I love Dirk. By the way, I have nothing bad to say about Dirk Nowitzki. Um, yeah. but anyways, uh, yeah, I mean. Just the way this happened this morning, I open Twitter, I see the Woj bomb that says, the Knicks are left with the impression that Kristaps wants to be traded. I'm like, all right, whatever that means. Um, and then literally, like, an hour and a half, two hours later, he's on the Mavericks. Um, yeah, it was just super quick, man. Which makes me think that 
they've been talking to the Mavericks for a while. I can't imagine that happened that quick. Um, but that team with Luka and Kerstops, assuming he's healthy, which I have some questions about, um, that's going to be a fun team. Yeah. And honestly, I, and, and honestly, even, even beyond those two, Tim Hardaway, uh, I was kind of a Tim Hardaway defender to going into the season. He's been really bad this year, but now he gets to be the third option on that team, assuming he stays. Like, that team might be good sooner. Okay, so there's obviously been a lot of heat for Tim Hardaway. And I'm going to do the Tim Hardaway thing before I get into the Chris Stops thing. All right. There's been a lot of heat for Tim Hardaway. And I feel like him as a first option, if he's like the best offensive option on the team, of course he's going to do poorly. True. Like, like if your best defender on every team, whoever it is, is guarding Tim Hardaway, yeah, he's going to struggle for sure. Um, he's basically like a like Zach Levine, but you know what I mean? Where like he shouldn't have the volume he has, but like he does. So he's just going to shoot a lot. He's going to score really inefficient, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, that was, that was part of my thinking going into the season. I, before the season now, now I have no idea what's going to happen. Um, uh, I've watched like way more Knicks this season than like I ever have. And I ever want to, especially this season's been a disaster, but it's been like a beautiful disaster. Cause it's so insane. Um, was, Watching Tim Hardaway, like if you just look at their team on paper, Tim Hardaway and Kristaps and Kristaps Porzingis comes back, and if they had, you have Kevin Knox who they drafted this year, who I think is going to be better than people realize, and then if they got a max slot for agent, whether it's Kevin Durant or Kyrie, whatever, it'd be like, like that's a good team. So I was always on the camp that, like you said, that Tim Hardaway would be better if he was like a third option. Um, but yeah, this season has just been a disaster for him, at least statistically, and like you said, he's been a miscast. Absolutely. And it, it seems like they it seems like the Knicks are going like all in on Kevin Durant. They are like fully trying to get him. Uh they're doing a salary dump, but including Kristaps Porzingis, who seems like he Porzingis, I mean, last year seemed like he could be like a franchise guy, right? Like So what you're saying is if a salary dump using your franchise player is not usually a good idea? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, believe it or not, like, <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't get behind it. Yeah, it was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen, because, like, those picks, if everything goes well for the Mavericks, those picks are going to be, what, like, late 20s? Early 20s, right. mid-20s? So you just dumped Kershaw's Porzingis for Dennis Smith Jr., who clearly nobody wanted. And, right. uh, who I don't know, who are those other dumps? Wes Matthews, DeAndre Jordan. Uh, both expirings. Both expiring. So you swapped Kristaps for Dennis Smith and then got two likely late first-round picks. So the Knicks either know something that no one else knows, which, I, which I'm which not confident in because they're insane. James Nolan's insane. Or this is one of the worst trades like I've ever seen. So what do you think was the thing that the Knicks valued the most in this trade? Do you think it was Dennis Smith Jr.? Do you think it was the first-round picks? Or do you think it was the cap space? Oh, it was, me, it was cap space. I think it was the cap space as well, right? It's, it, so it's kind of like on paper, it'll go down as a bad trade. Um, but the actual cap space itself could be invaluable. I, I think mean, that... Sure, like if they get, if they get Kevin Durant... And Kyrie Irving, then you you can't say anything else besides like this trade like did exactly what they wanted. So, so here's what I'm looking at right now: Kevin Durant 
potentially in 2019, 2020, could sign a $38.2 million contract. Okay. Kyrie Irving, and I know this is like super hypothetical, best case scenario for the Knicks, but let's let's play it, right? This let's just pretend we're Knicks fans for a second. Kevin Durant, thirty-eight point two million dollars. Kyrie Irving signs thirty-two point seven million dollars. You have uh, Frankie, Frankie, uh, Nikhil, Nikhil. What do they call him at the Ringer? Frankie Smokes. Frankie Smokes. You have Frankie. You have Frankie Smokes at four point nine. You have Dennis Smith Jr. at 4.5, and you have Kevin Knox at 4.4. Durant, Irving, Frankie Smokes, Dennis Smith, Kevin Knox. Okay? That team is $2.2 million under the cap. <laughs> I'll t- I mean, is how does that team do in the East? Uh, well, I think Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant alone makes would put them in at least the top five in the East. Yeah. Um. I that could is, see them going high. Like, I think Kyrie small Irving. ball, though. That True. is very small ball. I Kyrie. mean, I think Kyrie and uh, Kyrie and Kevin Durant are that good. Well, Kyrie Irving, I think that's a top five team. But like you said, that is a small team. They still have Mitchell Robinson. True, and he's on a very small contract. Right. Um, but you're right. There's there has to be something. They're obviously going to have to do um, make some other moves to at least make their roster make sense because, I mean, at that point, there's three point guards. And only yeah. one of them's good. Yeah, you get, uh, <laughs> you get Mello. You get, uh... <laughs> oh, hell yeah, bring him back. I'm down. <laughs> you get Mello. You get La Mello as well. You get... <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I don't even... Don't even get me started on the ball family. So next, so next <laughs> year, right, here's who they have under contract. Lance Thomas, he's $7 million. They have Frankie Smokes, Dennis Smith Jr., Kevin Knox, Alonzo Trier, uh, Mitchell Robinson, and uh, Dotson. I don't know who Dotson is. I'm, I'll be honest. So um, he's on a minimum. But really, that most of those people you want on your team for cheap contracts are like all under five million. Sure. So so that's good. You're filling out your contract with young guys on good, really friendly contracts. And then you're going to pay most of your money at the top end with these huge free agents, assuming everything goes well. I mean, it feels almost Rocket-esque, doesn't it? What the Rockets did with um, Chris Paul and James Harden. And they just fill out the roster with whatever else after they got rid of uh, Trevor Ariza and Luke Bamute. It does, yeah, yeah. We're going to get House and uh, James Ennis and uh, Austin Rivers. You know what I mean? Just like... Filler. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. We'll just get filler and it doesn't really matter because we'll have Harden and we'll have Chris Paul and uh the difference is that they had that third guy. They had Capella. You know what I mean? It's a fair point. I don't know if the Knicks really have the third guy. You know, I L- think they're I think they're hoping that Kevin Knox is that third guy. Really? You think I mean he is? I think they're I mean, not right now. I think he could be. I liked Knox a lot going into that draft. Um I think they would they draft him. I think eight or was it later? Uh, he was lottery. I don't remember the exact. I think it was ninth. I think yeah, it was ninth. somewhere around there. He, uh, I think that guy's got his has a chance to be good, and especially if they play. I mean, I think they could get away with playing small ball. Um, Kevin Durant at the four and Knox at the three. Um, yeah, I think they're hoping Knox is that guy. I don't know if he's going to be ready to do that next season. 
but I think that's the idea. Yeah, I would like to see Knox be that guy. I think that he's a, an NBA Twitter kind of guy. I think that that there's a lot of like NBA accounts that are like Kevin Knox fan 420 and stuff like that <laughs> that just like absolutely love Kevin Knox. Yeah. Uh, I just don't know if he's really ready to comp- to like contend in the East. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, I I probably agree with that. You know, they also, you know, got Dennis Smith. Maybe Dennis Smith, they'll play Kyrie and Dennis Smith together. Who knows what they're thinking? I, I All they know is right now is that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving need to be Knicks next season. Otherwise, this was one of the most insane trades. Yeah, if they, if they swing and they miss, it's a really, really bad look for them. Oh, my goodness. It's, it makes the Kings look smart over the past, like, five years. <laughs> the Kings actually, are a, actually, actually, yeah, maybe not. The Kings are at a good spot right now. Um, I mean, I'd like to think so. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't, I don't have a ton of confidence in exactly their long term. So, if we're making like a short list of sure. like guys that are in their first three years that we're most optimistic about. Luca's on that list. Jason Tatum's on that list. Right. DeAndre Ayton's probably on that list for for whatever reason. Um, is there is there really any other guys that are ahead of uh, De'Aaron Fox? Uh, I don't think so. I think he's the best point. He was the best point guard in that draft, and I don't think it's particularly close right now. There you go. Um, I love De'Aaron Fox. Like that's my guy. That's the guy I wanted be- in uh, before the draft. Um, I was stoked when they picked him. Everyone was freaking out uh, during his rookie season because he was pretty bad. I honestly didn't really care. I'm very happy that he's having him having a really improved season. He's been legitimately good. Yeah. And like, it's get- not even that he's, like, improved. He's actually been good. Yeah, and you have the best three-point shooter, like, of all time. True. Um, Buddy Heald is putting up, like, these insane... I feel like every single day on Twitter I see, like, a new statistical... I don't know, some stat on Buddy Heald on, like, Buddy Heald is shooting better than Steph Curry and Steve Kerr combined ever times three. You know what I mean? It's always some crazy stat. Yeah, I think the stat that I tweeted from uh, the Lottery Bound account was that of players who've taken seven threes a game and shot 45%, this only happened, like, four times in NBA history, and Buddy Heald's shooting the best out of those four seasons. Um, The other three were obviously Steph Curry. So it was like Buddy Hill and then just three Steph Curry seasons. <laughs> Dang. That's yeah. crazy. It's wild. It took me it took me a little bit to buy into Buddy Heald as like being a foundational player, but this season he's been he's been the Kings' best player this season. I don't think it's been close. Yeah. Um are the Kings making the playoffs this year? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> I'm said- not gonna you know, I'm not gonna lie. I'm still not gonna I still don't think the Kings are good. Really? Oh yeah, they're. Not, I don't think they're good, but I think they're a lot better than people thought they were going to be, and they're a lot better than they were last year. But I don't think the Kings are a good team. You guys are two and two games out of uh, eighth place, right? You guys would have to hop the Lakers and the Clippers, right? Which those are like your mortal enemies, right? I mean, the Clippers have beat our ass three times this season, and it's okay. been like it's been bad. Um, 
the Lakers have LeBron James, so I don't see that's not that's not happening. Um, in, in, on paper, they have LeBron James. Not sure. Heck, they might have Anthony Davis next week. <laughs> but I guess we'll, we'll I don't know. We'll, we'll save that. We'll, we'll get we'll get into Anthony Davis <laughs> in a minute. Um, so going back to Kevin Knox, I pulled up his plus minus. Okay, all the forwards in the leagues. There's 246 forwards in the leagues. In the league, I'm sorry. Uh, he ranks in plus minus out of 246. He's 243rd in plus minus. Uh, I mean, is yep. he good? <laughs> like, is he actually good? He's uh, shooting 34% from three. Uh, he's shooting 37% from the field, which is really rough. Uh, it's it's hard to say. I'm yeah. gonna go with no. Does he does he fit <laughs> does he fit in this timeline for the Knicks? Uh, um. Because we're saying he's the third guy, right? Right. And that's next year. Okay. Let's. Okay. <sighs> yeah, it's. I think he's gonna have to. I think either that or they can. You know, they could even potentially. If another team's interested, maybe they can. Uh, package him with a draft pick or something to get another, get another uh, solid rotational player. But yeah, he, he has not been great this year so far. But again, that was kind of like De'Aaron Fox's season, um, where he wasn't good. Anyone, um, ne- anyone next, that comes to mind yeah. when you say package him with a pick? <sighs> Off the top of my head. Yeah. You know, I, know that, I think there's a lot of. I'm trying to think of some young teams. You know what? I think. I know um, that this is. What just about like, the Phoenix? What about the Phoenix Suns? They have a lot of wings who, in theory, could help. Uh, could help the Knicks. Hell yeah, Ryan Anderson. Exactly, Ryan Anderson. <laughs> um, oh wait, they already. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone's. I don't think anyone's touching Ryan Anderson. <laughs> All um, right. They got so, T.J. Warren. They have. Uh, so here we go. Okay. Yep. So, out of 246, Kevin Knox is 243rd and plus minus. Okay. TJ Warren is 231. Okay. Josh Jackson's 229th. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't put a ton of stock in plus minus, especially for the Phoenix Suns. That team is just a giant minus. <laughs> Um, but you know, you know, I'm, I'm actually a big TJ Warren fan. I think that guy's legitimately good. He can score the ball easily. He can um, score. Yeah. He's, I think he's, he could be a good option. Um, they have Kelly Oubre, who's a restricted free agent. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with him. Um, that was a weird trade in itself, but, um, I like, I like Oubre. All right. I'll give you that one. You know, Oubre, I don't know. I don't want to go off a tangent talk about Oubre, but that was such a weird trade as I liked Oubre too. And he was not particularly impressive with Washington, but he's been good with Phoenix. Yeah, it seemed like it seemed like Washington was going to hold on to like two players on that whole team. And the two were going to be Bradley Beal and Kelly Oubre. Right. And it was just very weird that they got rid of that they they came out the like I think today or yesterday or whatever and they said we're going to keep Wall, Porter and Beal. But they right. traded Oubre? Like it just I think I think it would be insane for them to keep all three of those players, and I don't think it makes any kind of sense. Um, 
Of I don't course you think that. You're a Kings fan. Okay. <laughs> but even, be, even beyond Otto Porter to Sacramento, uh, they're in salary cap hell. They're still paying Jan Mihimi an insane amount of money. John Wall's contract is going to look like one of the worst contracts in basketball in the next couple of years. Um, Otto Porter's overpaid, but he's solid. Like, And they're not going to trade Bradley Beal. He should be the guy. He should have always been the guy. If, um, if you have a wing and your team is struggling, then... Jordan is hunting for you. Oh, yeah. I, it's not fair. Phoenix doesn't get to be this bad and have every wing imaginable. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Well, uh, yeah, Washington should break that up as soon as possible. And Otto Porter seems to be the only tradable person on that team. All right. So, you know, I'm a Pistons fan. Yep. What did you think of? Uh, I don't know if I, I. I chat with you all the time about hoops. Like, on a weekly basis, at least. Right. I don't know if I brought up to you my John Wall for Reggie Jackson and, like, Luke Kennard and Salary Filler. Yep. Are you in? Who who says no to that? Well, it sounds like Washington's going to say no to that. Why would they? I mean, because they don't know any better, because Ernie Grunfeld's a psycho. That's, truly. That is truly psycho shit. Yeah, he, it's. I mean, he, if he, he can gets get out of the wall, he yeah. gets out of the wall contract two hour, two years early. Yep. He gets Luke Kennard. You're gonna yep. have Luke Kennard for, you know, what six years? I mean, get, but let's don't. Okay, don't try to convince me that Luke Kennard is like the centerpiece of like the package. It's like getting rid of the contracts, like the big, like that's the thing. It's not. Luke that's Kennard. what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, you you get rid of the you get rid of the contract two years earlier. Yeah, like and, like as and, soon as as soon as you say that Ernie Grunfeld should already be in, he should just be like deal. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you get rid of the contract to yeah, d- done signed. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, the Pistons. I could see the Pistons wanting to go just all in with Blake Griffin because I don't think his contract's going to look particularly good in a couple of seasons. Uh, but yeah, the Pistons are in a weird spot. I think that the Pistons are, like, definitely screwed until, what is it, 2021 or so? Let's see. Yep. Yeah. So Blake is under contract the 2020 to 2021 year. So you might as well go, like, all in. You know what I mean? Like, there's no tanking before then, obviously. Right. 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 You're going to have Drummond. And you're gonna have Blake Griffin. Drummond's gonna make twenty eight million, and and Griffin's gonna make thirty six and a half million. So just if if you know you can't tank, then the really the only other option is like go for it, right? Right. Unless you want to yeah. be like a Miami or like a Washington or something, and just be a middle of the pack team. But so you, if you're gonna have to go for it, then that's that's where I take the John Wall contract, and it's just like, all right, this is really swinging for the fences here. Yeah, there, you, make a, no, you make a good yeah. argument. I can see it. Um, but didn't I hear some, I think I saw or read something recently about Blake Griffin maybe not being stoked on where the Pistons are at? Yeah, he came out today and like and like uh, really adamantly denied it. I think that I think that people are changing their mind on the Blake Griffin contract. I think that people are going to honestly be okay with it. He's okay. I'm not gonna lie. He's he's been good. He's been really good this season. Um, which I was gonna ask you actually. Let's just say he did one out. Is be how tradable do you think his contract is? I think he's tradable. I think that there's a demand for him. 
So uh, this is going to be like the most over-exaggerated, um, like blown out of proportion, Blake Griffin stand stuff you hear all the rest of your life. Okay, ready? Here we go. Ready, ready for it. Blake Griffin is LeBron James size, except he's two inches taller. His stats, so LeBron is like a 28, 8, and what, 6? He's like 28 points, uh, 8 rebounds, 6 assists kind of guy, right? Right. So Blake Griffin is 26 points, uh, 8 boards, and let's see, and 5 assists. All right, Blake Griffin is better than LeBron James. Heard it here at 48 minutes. Confirmed. Blake Confirmed. Griffin, Blake Griffin is better. All I'm saying is LeBron James didn't date a uh, a Jenner, and Blake Griffin did. So True. Also, also, I've never seen LeBron dunk over a car, so good luck telling me he's better. If he's never <laughs> are we, are we he's, sure that dating a Jenner Jenny, isn't what got him sent to Detroit? <laughs> Are we are we sure that dunking over a Kia isn't the uh, the new measurement of how you're a goat? <laughs> Should be. But all I'm saying is like is twenty six uh what I say? Twenty six, eight and five. Can we just like take a minute and realize that twenty six, eight and five is incredible in the NBA? Yep. And like He's he's been great. It's he really has been good, and his three point shooting is also something he's taking. I think too many threes than I would like, but he's hitting him at a reasonable clip. Like he's he's really doing everything for that team. Like the team is the team is not good. Yeah, I wrote an article at the beginning of the season uh, on how he needed to be the Blake Mamba. That's my that's my nickname for him, the Blake Mamba. Nice. And uh, so when he was on the Clippers, he was shooting like less. What was he shooting? Like less than he was shooting less than one three per game. Since he's been on the Pistons, he's been shooting over six threes a game. I feel like that's just out of pure necessity, though, right? Yeah, and it's he's also a lunatic. But true. <laughs> true. But, that's, I mean, that's a fact. But he's shooting over thirty six percent. Like, if I told you that a guy was shooting over thirty six percent. And he was averaging twenty six, eight, and five. You'd probably say he's like probably around a top ten or top fifteen guy in the league. Sure. And if you're a top ten or fifteen guy in the league, I don't think a max contract is that out of proportion. You're right. I think some of this, like you said, maybe the maybe some of like the thoughts around Blake Griffin and his contract have changed a little bit. I think a lot of some of the negativity towards it was uh, his injuries. I think past injuries, his style of play, um, he just was not going to like just be worth that contract, you know, towards the end of it, the last few years. But he's taking more threes. He's not, you know, not necessarily shooting as much, you know, at the rim. Um, so maybe that's going to help him. His playmaking, like point blank, is is one of the coolest things, oh. I think, that people wanted with uh, the Clippers that they didn't do as much because they had, you know, Chris Paul for those most of those years. Um, but he's a good passer. Absolutely. And he's averaging a full assist and a half per game more now that he's on the Pistons than he was in the Clippers. It's, it's pretty cool to see, man. Um, Can we start a campaign just to get Blake some help? He needs it, man. Just get him some help. Like, and, and honestly, I do really like it when he's playing with Andre Drummond. Cause like he, again, Blake is huge. 
He's six ten. Like that is huge. That's like a center in this in the league now. Like we're talking about Zion playing like a small ball five or four, and Zion's like six seven. Right. Like, Blake is huge. Blake is straight up huge. And when you have Andre Drummond on the floor and the other team only has one big guy on the floor, they're gonna have to guard Drummond and they can't guard Blake. So then you have some some dork like Kevin Knox or something like that, like something like that, like that has to guard him, and uh, Blake's gonna win that every time. So yeah, it's been an interesting dynamic for sure. That I was not sure how that was gonna work. I'm not a huge Drummond fan, but he's you know been solid for a good portion of the season. I don't think he's been as good lately. Um, but yeah, it's it's been Blake Griffin's been everything that the Detroit wanted, and the thing that I honestly felt like it was just a desperation trade <laughs> for uh, Stan Van Gundy at the time. It def- um, but he's but he's done his job. It definitely was, and I think Tobias Harris is going to leave this off season, and I think that that Sacramento is going to be one of the destinations that he's going to be looking. What do you think about that? Uh, I mean, he. I think King's Twitter and the King's community is pretty. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty set on the fact that Tobias Harris is not coming here. <laughs> really? Why is that? Um. I, I think it's just been years of just never being able to get any kind of, you know, plus free agent and free agency at all. Um, you can see how they play. And you can, like, Tobias Harris, I think, would be a great fit. Obviously, he's slot right between Buddy Heald and De'Aaron Fox. Like, we finally get a small forward. People are convinced he's not going to come here. And especially because I think people think the Clippers are going to max him. That's yeah. one thing I've heard, which I don't, which say what you will about Tobias Harris, him being worth the max. I don't think he is, but that's what he's going to get. If it's not for the Clippers, it's going to be from somebody. All right, so transition here. I wrote an article about the Nets and how they went from, like, the worst team building to, like, being in a great spot team building-wise. And at the end of the article, I wrote that they're going to have a ton of cap space, and they're going to have really good guards in Dinwiddie, Levert, and, you know, if they choose to re-sign, they can have D'Lo as well. And then right. they're going to have Jared Allen. So they're good in the center position, and they're really stacked on guards, right? Right. So they're going to need wings. This is where, like, a Tobias Harris would come in for the Nets. Uh, that's where I thought he'd be a great fit. I also know that you wrote an article about the Nets, and it wasn't about indeed. it wasn't about Jared Allen. It wasn't about D'Lo. It wasn't about Lavert, and it wasn't about Dinwiddie. No, it was about a uh, a guy that's a little more unknown, and that was Kurux. Yes, Rody Rodion's Kurux. Kurux, I think it is Kurux. Yes, uh, I'm a fan of this guy. I wrote an article just talking about how. The Nets, after Alan Crabb got hurt, they put Karuks in the starting lineup, and over the next 20 games, Brooklyn went 15-5. and So I was just like, that's such an insane uh, run that they had, especially because they started the season, you know, pretty poorly. Um, yeah, he's he makes an impact. He's good, and he's not, like, a great shooter, um, but he's, I think, 6'9". He's a 6'9 wing. Um, he was a second-round pick. And their offense is just way more efficient when he's on the floor. And I think most of that's just because the shots that he's taking. He's not, you know, shooting threes. Alan Crabb was shooting something like six or seven threes a game. 
Uh, Kruks is taking about three threes a game, but he's shooting. Let me see if I can pull up the exact numbers really quick that I had. He's shooting two and a half threes a game. Two and a half threes. Okay, so that's come down a little bit. I think, I think my numbers were from January 25th. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's shooting most of his shots from two-point uh, two range, but he's shooting something ridiculous, like 60% on the two-pointers. Yeah, in the article you had something really cool where he was like, where you talked about how he recognized basically where he was super efficient, and then he was taking a really high volume percent of his shots at those super efficient shots. And it was yeah. just like, it was just yeah, like doubling down on efficiency. Yeah, so that's that was kind of the point of the kind of what I the you conclusion I, mean? I came to um, was that where all these teams are obsessed with floor spacing, which is important, and I'm all for taking those threes. Um, but the better shooter should be taking those threes. And Karuks, who is he's a, has a chance to be a good shooter, decent shooter, um, but he knows that he's a slasher and he's getting to the rim. So yeah, these numbers from January 25th. Um, yeah, he was shooting 61% on all two-point field goals. And 60% of those shots were uh, inside 10 feet. Dang. So, yeah, he was just been hyper-efficient. So I'm all for, like, if you're efficient at one thing, you should just take more of those shots rather than trying to maximize it by shooting threes that you're not particularly good at. Um, yeah, like James Harden taking uh, free throws. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's well, that's that's a that's divisive. I don't know if we should we should talk about that on the spot. <laughs> Triggered. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a whole other thing. But yeah, like you take the shots that you're good at. I think there are a lot of teams that um, should look towards the same thing. You know, like this isn't exactly the same, but like the Sacramento Kings, uh, Justin Jackson, they've tried to make him their small forward. He's been coming off the bench. Um, I think one of the reasons why Justin Jackson was so bad early in his career and to start the season is that he was taking a lot of threes, um, and he has not been a good three-point shooter. It's come around a little bit over the last, you know, through December. I think he was better. Um, but what Justin Jackson was really good in college was attacking the paint, shooting the mid-range, and he had that floater. Um, he doesn't do that as much in the pros. Um, so okay. I think that's something that teams in general should just look at. It just maximize efficiency by letting your players shoot the shots that they're good at. So, I have Marvin Bagley on my uh, fantasy team. When when do I start getting the dividends for Marvin Bagley? When do I? Uh, when is after All Star break? After the All Star break? Oh, this is gonna start kicking in. He's oh so yeah. he's, we're ready for it. We're ready for it. He's playing less than twenty four minutes a game. I think if you if you uh, split his minutes from, hmm. Maybe since he came back from injury, because I think he missed about 11 games. He's been yeah. playing, I think, a couple minutes less. I can't, I can't find the exact minutes. Um, a couple minutes less than Willie Cauley-Stein. Um, after the All-Star break, I think we're all pretty confident he's going to be starting for Bielitsa. I think we're going to be very surprised if he if he doesn't. Okay. Well, I'm ready. Uh, again, I, I used a really high draft pick in my fantasy league, and... I think that uh, I think that everyone is is ready for my fantasy league to start doing really well. So yeah, well, the I'll, Kings use a really high pick in real life, so we're all we're all ready for. That's true. Over Luca, to come on, yeah. Do, how do you feel about it right now? Um, you can I lie. Mean, you can lie to me and say you feel all right about it. I mean, I'm not. I'll, you can I'm lie. Not it's stoked it's about it, but. <laughs> Like, uh, you can, this could be this could be an entire pod. I could talk about this for yeah. an entire hour and a half. So one one word, 
uh, right now it's January 31st and it's like midnight. How do you feel about taking Marvin Bagley over Luca? One word. Can I use two words? Two at words. Peace? At peace. You feel I'm at, at peace? peace with it. I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to tarp over it. It is what it is. Yeah. Bagley, I'm pretty confident Bagley's going to be good. Okay. So you know All what right. I mean? Like if like if he's yeah. good and Luca's better, the Kings get a good player at the number two overall pick. Yeah, he'll, ne- <sighs> like, he'll never know. be number two in in you know Bagley will never be number two in the West in All Star voting, but uh, that's I fine. Mean, that was Not fan a- voting. That barely counts. Oh, all right. Well, <laughs> all right. <laughs> there are no rules in fan voting. Anything goes. <laughs> Uh, the all-star voting came out today. I, I yeah. don't, e- I don't even know if I saw the all-star reserves yet. Did I? Did, Let me did, see if uh, I can pull them up. I, I no, glanced I, at them. All right. I got it. I got it right here. Anthony Davis, Damian Lillard, Jokic, Carl, uh, Russ, Aldridge, and Clay Thompson. Luca's not in there, but Aldridge and Clay Thompson are. Do you have beef? Honestly, no. Okay. I could I can't I'm, argue against a lot of those guys. I know the popular one that everyone wanted was Gobert. I'm good on Aldridge. I'm like I'm definitely good. So Oh yeah, he's he, he's really he's really been good this season. Um No, I mean I'm good on like I don't I don't ever have to watch another Aldridge game again and I'm I'm good. Oh, what the No, I'm good. Also, right, well, where's where's DeRozan? Yeah, DeRozan's fallen off the last, I don't know, week or so. Um, but I don't obviously. Yeah, but one bad week. So yeah, also voting is so so hacky. Yeah, I mean Clay Thompson was always going to make it. Clay Thompson was never not going to make it, regardless of how he shot this season. (laughs) Like it's such a it's such a name recognition game now with the All Star game. Like I'm happy. I'm actually happy that Aldridge made it because he's been really good. Um, Gobert was the obvious one, but I can't argue. I can't argue with like anyone who made that list. To be honest. Like all these people are complaining about like Donovan Mitchell and like everyone like I don't know Luca and Donovan Mitchell's averaging like thirty points over the last ten games, so uh, that's really impressive. But I don't think that as a season he deserved it, and I'm cool. No, with that. he he was not good to start the season, and he has been really good lately. Like you said, like you know he's scoring the ball. He's actually facilitating a lot more, which actually has been I think the key to like, him having such such a strong impact on the jazz being actually good all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I can't argue with any of these other rosters or with the other roster spots. All right, real quick. We're going to go into the East reserves. Okay. All right, let's go. Bradley Beal, Blake Griffin, obviously Blake, Blake Griffin deserves to be there. We, we already agreed that he's better than LeBron. Right. Kyle, Kyle Lowry, Victor Oladipo, rest in peace, Victor, uh, mm-hmm. Ben Simmons, Yoke or uh, I'm sorry, not Jokic. Uh, Vucevic, Nikola Vucevic, and Chris Middleton. And I think the big snubs here, um, Eric Bledsoe might be a big snub. He's shooting like crazy high percent at the rim, like stupid high. Um, I'm trying to think what other what other big snubs there are here. Um. Yeah, I know the one that everyone wants to talk about, and I think there's a good chance he'll make it for Victor Oladipo is D'Angelo Russell, which he has, like, there is, I don't know, NBA Twitter is crazy for D'Angelo Russell. 
Um, I think there's a chance he can make it. I don't know if I think he's a snub. Um, Bloodsoe, like you said, like I was a little surprised. I heard the argument for it should have been Bloodsoe instead of Middleton. I've heard that too. Yeah. Um, that would have been interesting. I'm um, cool with I'm cool with either one. I feel like right. Give me give me one of the two, and I'm cool. What yeah. a, What do you think about the fact that Jason Tatum's not on this list? Are you cool with that? Yeah. Okay. Like I'm fine with that. Okay. <laughs> he's uh he's been up and down. He's been good lately. Um, I think Boston had that weird run where like everything just seemed like the world was on fire, even though they weren't even that bad. Like Boston always has some weird issues. Um, I don't think Tatum's there yet. Um, okay. I think. I think the hype around him last year, even though he was really solid, he was scoring, you know, at all three levels super efficiently. Um, I think that he just came on so strong last year that people were kind of surprised. Um, I don't think that he's an all-star yet, but I think he's on his way. I think he will be. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's dropped in field goal percentage, three-point percentage. Um, he's barely up on points, barely up on rebounds. So, yeah, he might not be. Do you think... Let's get into, uh, do you think that Jason Tatum is the best trade offer for Anthony Davis? I'm curious on, on what you think is the best offer for the Pelicans. If the Pelicans trade Anthony Davis to the Lakers, I think it's going to be a huge mistake. You're a Kings fan, though. You're right. So, like... Let me take off my Kings goggles real quick. Okay. You, they're off. Okay, they're off. Okay. Uh, I think the Pelicans, if they trade Anthony Davis to the Lakers, it's going to be a huge mistake. <laughs> um, like, Boston's package just has to be better. Yeah. Right? Okay. Like, so, all right, here's here's where I'm at on it. And I've, right. I've taken a total 180, okay? Okay. For me, I started at Boston's package is superior. You can't even argue with me. That's it. That's, that's all there is to it. They have draft picks that are this year they have jason tatum all that stuff okay okay i now am worried okay there's a lot of talk about kyrie irving like what two days ago we were talking about kyrie irving to the lakers which i think is really really stretching it i don't think that that's super realistic but it's, it's at least talk okay now today we're talking about kyrie irving going to the knicks it's just a lot of talk about Kyrie Irving leaving. And I think that if Kyrie Irving's gone, and let's say Jason Tatum's in the trade package, then you're left with you're left with like Gordon Hayward. Well let's let's uh let's go through the trade package. Like what would that trade package be exactly? Uh, if uh Jason Jason Tatum okay. sm- smart Rogier, right? They're on like mid level contracts. Sure. That that are really tradable, like Smart, Rogier, Tatum, and like what two picks? Yeah, like your so, let's see, so your beloved up, uh, your beloved Kings pick, and like right, the, so that's what I was thinking, and, which is going to be a lottery pick, and the Memphis pick. Right. Okay. So here's the thing, though, is Anthony Davis would be going to a Celtics team, and I worry that Kyrie would leave. Then you're left with a team with no Tatum, okay? Mm-hmm. So really, your big pieces are Gordon Hayward, who I would say is on a rough contract compared to his production right now. He's on a rough contract. Right. Would you agree with that? Yep. 
I would okay. agree. That and, has not worked out. <laughs> and and he, there's a there's a chance that he can come back and and totally work out his contract. But right now it's it's rough. Right. Uh, I also think that Al Horford is probably at the point where his contract's getting to the status of being rough. Mm-hmm. So you're left with no Tatum, no Kyrie, and then you're gonna have rough Horford and rough. Hayward and just not a ton of cap. So this is the argument. So this is the argument for Boston not trading for Anthony Davis. Then right, this isn't the argument for the Pelicans trading Anthony Davis. No, the Pelicans can do it. Yeah, uh, right, 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 right. right. The Pelicans have no remorse. They have Tatum. So you're so you think that so you think Boston is going to be more hesitant to actually pull the trigger on that deal? Yeah, and I also worry that like, what does the next year look like for? What does the next year look like for? like Boston and I don't know, like what Tatum just shows up for the next half a season and knows that he's going to be traded. If we get, if we get past the trade deadline, he just knows he's going to be traded. Yeah. I mean, I'm confident like Anthony Davis is not going to make it to next season. That's, I think that's, we agree on that. Right. Uh, I really don't know, man. I I really like, I, I don't know if I have, if I have a prediction one way or the other, I just, I I just know that like, (laughs) <laughs> that that Boston's been in a really tough spot, and we've talked about it a lot on this pod. Like, they're in a really tough spot with their team chemistry, and when you throw in like Anthony Davis past the trade deadline, and it's like, oh, once we get to the offseason, you're going to be in fucking New Orleans for six years. Like, that's going right. to be a that's going to be a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the Pelicans would be insane of Anthony Davis. Like, I think the draft is when we're going to start having some clarity. I don't think he's going to make it, uh, or I don't think he'll be traded at the, at the uh, trade deadline this season. I think he's going to stay on that team. I, I, I really don't either. I, I mean, don't think I think the Pelicans would be, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the Pelicans would be crazy to trade him right now to the Lakers without hearing what everyone else, because even, let's say Boston doesn't get, well, let's talk about the Lakers trade package real quick. Are you yeah. Do you like that trade package? Do you Absolute. like those players? Oh, Absolute. I don't like those. Pl- oh, I don't want those players. So I think it's I think it's now moved and become underrated. Actually, I, I think mean, I think uh, that I think that we're now underrating it. And um, yeah, I don't think that I don't think that Ingram and Ball and Kuzma are really like blowing people out the water. But I do think that they oh, are. Oh, I would so much rather have Jason Tatum than either one of those players, and it's like not even close. Yeah, but. Like, there's not a tangible offer for Tatum yet, right? There's a tangible offer for the other guys, right? Um, also, yeah. also, what happens? What happens when and if um, Anthony Davis comes out and says that he wants to go to the Lakers? I just I don't mean, like. So I don't like. Then, I don't know if I. I don't know if I buy that. I don't know. Like, if, for Anthony Davis to come out and say, and like you said, a lot of it's going to come down to Kyrie Irving. The Kyrie Irving stuff has been really, really weird. Like, it's been some of the weirder, one of the weirder just player yeah. movement situations like I've ever seen. It's going to come down to Kyrie Irving. So, but to me, if the Pelicans even, tr- if they trade him to the Lakers without even hearing what Boston has to say, because there's a whole rule where they can't even trade for Davis until... Um, the off season, the Rose Rule. Yeah, I, right. I, I wrote an article recently on Forty Eight Minutes dot com, talking about the Rose Rule. And if you're a rookie, and you're you're uh, a two time All NBA, or you're a, a MVP winner, 
then you can get an extra 5% on your contract and you can give that to someone. So Kyrie Irving has gotten that. So has Anthony Davis. You can't have two players that have gotten the Rose Rule contract. But go ahead. Yeah. Um, I think that's just such a weird... That's such a weird situation with Kyrie Irving. And it's all going to come down to Kyrie. If Kyrie... If Kyrie goes to New York, let's say, like maybe you, you could be right. Maybe Boston would. It would be a little weird for Boston to trade for Anthony Davis. Um, but like even let's just think about other packages. Like I, I know a lot of people are higher on some of those players than I am. Uh, that the Lakers are offering. I'm not a huge Kuzma fan. He scores. Um, I'm not either. He's a streaky scorer. I don't don't think he really contributes much else than. Um, on the court, I'm not a huge Lonzo Ball fan. I could see where he might be better in another situation. I, I mean, I have a hard time justifying that like he will ever be worth that number two overall pick, regardless of what you try to tell me about his defense or rebounding, whatever. Like I don't care about that. Um, um, who else? Brandon Ingram. I'm still a Brandon Ingram fan, but he has not lived up to that. Um, the number two selection either. Like who else? Four first-round picks, I think, was the reported offer. And if everything goes well, those picks will be, you know, late, late, late first-round picks. I don't... I, I, there's a team somewhere I feel like that can beat that. Like, what if you're Brooklyn? Like, don't you think Brooklyn could put together a better package than that? No. No? I don't. No. You wouldn't rather I, have, I don't know, like, D'Angelo Russell... He's on... He's on... He's on... Oh, you're right. He's, he's unrestricted. Is he unrestricted? He's... I think he's restricted. Okay. So, I mean, that's still doable. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know. Karis LeVert. Like, I feel like there are teams that could put together better packages than what the Lakers are offering. And I think that's all through the fault of the Lakers. The Lakers have had such a weird problem, like, developing players over really, really developing and keeping players of really for the last, like, I don't know how many years, five, six years. Um. So, yeah, it's it's a weird situation that, I don't know, I feel like there are better players and better packages available. I know the Raptors, I think, have been a, a team that might be interested. I really don't like the Raptors trade. I, <laughs> I, I have a really hard time processing that Siakam is a better prospect than Ball, Ingram, and Kuzma combined. Oh, man, I am a Siakam. I am a Siakam stand, dude. That is my guy. That guy has been unbelievable Absol- this season. Yeah, I am, absolutely. I am all so, aboard. Like, I think he's, yeah. like, right now, I think he's better than all those players. Yeah, so he himself might be the best out of those three or so. Right. Um, but, like... You're right. He, as a whole... Wait, sorry, go as, ahead. As a whole? Like, yeah, is is Siakam plus, like... what? I mean, what else are they going to offer? Like, Fred Van Vliet and, like, Serge Ibaka or whatever? Like, You're right. I, it's going to be picks on picks on picks. That would still be pretty much on par with whatever the Lakers, um, the Lakers offer. But let's say they do trade for... If they trade for, um, they go ahead and trade for Anthony Davis, they put that package, let's just say that they accept it, and Kawhi leaves, I don't know, those picks look better. Yeah, no, I think that those picks have really high potential in the next couple of years. Um, I just, I really, uh, <laughs> I think that this is a lot of recency bias to say that Siakam, to center a trade around Siakam is better than Ingram, Ball, Kuzma, and, like, Hart and Picks. I feel like that's really, really leaning into recency bias. Yeah. 
I mean, I could see it. I think a lot of it also has to do with that Siakam plays such plays a position of like such value in the NBA of just being like a guy who plays you know three positions. Um, and so does Ingram. Yeah, does he though? So does Ingram. He's he's a he's a point guard, a shooting guard, and a small forward. But is he good at any of those? That's fine. Siakam last year was <laughs> averaging seven points. I just like can we put this in perspective for a second? Siakam started five games last year. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, can we hold on for a second? We're, that was we're last, tra- wait, last year was his rookie year, right? No, two years ago was. He's this oh, is third this is his third year. So okay, last last year was his second year. He started five games. I just want to like okay. put this put this in perspective for a sec for a second. Five games he started, he averaged twenty minutes a game and he was scoring seven points a game. I just I just don't know if um I just don't know if like that is really worth centering a trade around. Like yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I get, I get, I get that. I do get if, that. If you want to say that Siakam is a better prospect than Brandon Ingram, I'm totally cool with having that discussion. And I think that I think that I might lean that Siakam is a better uh, prospect. But like, so, yeah. So let me so let me let me go out and say this right now is I'm a Brandon Ingram guy a little bit. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, that was a guy that I actually wanted the Kings to try to find a way to get when they traded Demarcus Cousins. There were rumors that they didn't trade him to the Lakers because they wouldn't trade Brandon Ingram. Um, I want a Brandon Ingram really bad. I still think Brandon Ingram has a chance to be good, so I want to get that out there. But yeah, like right now, like this is what Brandon Ingram's third year. Yeah. Like he I feel like he's been mostly the same player for his entire career. And so to me, it's like taking a chance on players like Kuzma. I feel like is what he is. Do you do we agree on that? Yeah, and I think I'm mostly. I don't know. I think that Kuzma is kind of overrated quite a bit. I think I think oh, Kuzma. I mean, more, I I agree. I, I, I think Kuzma is more overrated than Ingram, actually. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Um, he he can't defend at all. Sure. Um, when you say that he's a scorer, he's a really inefficient scorer. Mm-hmm. So like, he, how many how many threes a game is he taking? Like five or something like that? And he's shooting like thirty percent. I think he. Let's see. I don't know. Kuzma. Kuzma is taking um, 6.2 threes a game, and he's averaging 30%. Yep. That's, I mean, I mean, I guess I think he might be one of those players that I'm talking about needs to stop shooting so many threes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if there's any player in the league where they take six threes and they connect on 30% of them, and we're like, yeah, he's a really good offensive weapon. Yeah, that's whack. Right, that's definitely whack. Um, and he's shooting 75% from the free throw line, which I think is pretty telling that, like, he's not a sharpshooter by any means. No. You know what I mean? Like, if you're a sharpshooter, you're shooting 80-plus percent. I don't know. Right. Um, for me, I just get really worried. Like, if Anthony Davis pulls the trigger on I only want to go to the Lakers, then the Lakers can basically sit back and be like, all right, New Orleans, no one else is going to offer you anything. Maybe you'll get a one-year rental deal or whatever. But you can have Lonzo Ball and Kuzma in a mm-hmm. first-round pick. Otherwise, we're good. We'll just have Okay. It. You know, that's, that's fair. But do you think that more teams are more likely to take a chance now after they saw what happened with Paul George and OKC? I do, but I think that that was an anomaly. 
Interesting. Yeah. I mean, how, how many times? I mean, I mean, history shows. You're right. History shows that is an anomaly. And I, I don't um, even want to say history because I feel like, I feel like it's not even fair to to talk about free agency that's passed the last I don't know eight years. You know what I mean? Right. Because like everything changed since LeBron kind of changed the game. Uh, right. So like even in the last eight years, it was the only time, and there probably wasn't too many times that it could have happened. Um. I don't know. I just think that that was especially different. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't really see it happening again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, it's just so. I get the appeal of playing in LA, and I get the appeal of playing in New York. I just think it's so crazy to just be like, "This is the team that I want to go to." That's just so crazy to me. Um, and I get that LeBron's there, but like, let's say if Kyrie were to stay in Boston. And Anthony Davis would still be saying that same thing. I don't know. I think that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, this late. I mean, the Lakers, I, like the whole front office gets such a pass because LeBron James was like always going to go to L.A. But the, it's been the Lakers are kind of a crappy, crappy managed team. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Lakers best draft pick in the last, what, 10 years is D'Angelo Russell. Can you imagine if they kept D'Angelo Russell and Julius Randle? Yeah, is is Julius Randle their second best draft pick in the last ten years? Oh, for sure. And D'Angelo Russell's their first. Right. <sighs> that's just yeah. That's so insane. Yeah. Um, Who they trade D'Angelo Russell for? Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez and uh, they traded off. Who did they trade off? I thought they traded off a. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't know either. Yeah. But I couldn't even keep a Brooke Lopez, and now that guy's just draining threes for the Bucks. Yeah, also Brooke Lopez, like, best best off-season uh, signing of the year. Like, <sighs> I mean, I don't know about the best, but he's up there. Like, just the way he just... They just tell him million? Just stretch... Yeah, just stretch... That is pretty good. Like, you're telling me that LA couldn't have matched that instead of getting JaVale McGee and Lance Stevenson? Like, what a right. joke. Absolutely. Even Julius Randle. They could have kept Julius Randle. Um, uh, it's not like he's signed for anything. I completely agree with that. You don't really need Lance Stevenson, right? Like you could, no, I don't think anyone needs Lance Stevenson. You could do Julius Randle instead. Like, for fine. sure. It's totally fine. I don't know. I, yeah, I would, I would it's have been, been cool weird. with moving forward with that. Um, let's circle back to Dallas real quick. All right. Where do you see the Mavericks ending up this year? Uh, right now, I don't think they're right they're now, not a playoff team. They're thirteen and a half games behind first place. I don't right. see. I don't see them catching first. Nope. Let uh, me uh, glance at Tankathon. So they're eleventh, or they're eleventh in the tank standing. So they're let's see how many games they're back. F- five games out of eighth place in the West. Right. Right. Do you think that they'll make a playoff spot? No. No. Kay. No. No. Okay. And they don't. There's no. De- there's no desire for them to tank. They don't have a draft pick. They trade it for Trey Young, right? So they're they, going to try I mean, their and win. Team, yeah, I mean their team's still like. Are we? Are we thinking that Porzingis plays this year? I don't think he plays this year. Um, probably not. And that team um, honestly probably gets worse trading DeAndre Jordan and Wes Matthews. I don't know. Eh, I mean, it, it might be a I, I wash. Think, yeah, I think it's a wash. Yeah. You know, I w- I'm curious to see how Tim Hardaway plays with Luca. I think that actually might be kind of cool. Um, who else did they get? 
Courtney Jim Hardaway. Lee. Courtney Lee. Sure. I mean, it, I mean, you can. Yeah, exactly. What? <laughs> sure. Uh, Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes has been has been. Uh, it's been kind of weird this season. He just shoots a lot of threes, and he's shooting pretty well from three, which is interesting. Um, but that team is Luca, and like, pretty much just Luca right now. Like I don't. That team's not going to win anything. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Like. Yeah, they're not a playoff team. I'm cool with that. Um, if Porzingis comes back, because I know one of the things that people were mentioning is that he wanted to play this year for the Knicks, and the Knicks did not want him to play for obvious reasons. Um, and that was part of part of his issues with the front office. So if he plays, like maybe, I mean, I still don't think they catch like who's in eighth right now, the Clippers. Yeah, I don't see them jumping the Lakers. Yeah, I I probably don't see them making the playoffs either, to be honest. Um, which is fine. They don't need to make the playoffs this year. I think that they have a good young core moving forward. Do they? I do. Yeah. I mean. I mean, Luke. Okay, so Luca and Porzingis, like that's that's a great, yeah, it's a great duo. Is there is um, there better two players that are three years in the league or younger than them? That's a what Tatum and Brown. Three years in the league and younger. Tatum or Brown or Luca so this and would, Porzingis. So this was so this was Porzingis' hold, hold fourth Ta- year because he's a restricted free agent, right? Uh, okay. So, so I think this would be his fourth year, but is yeah, it? really no, fourth. I think it would have to be because this is his restricted free agency uh, season, his off season. Am I wrong on that? I'm checking you right now. Um, twenty fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. Yeah. Okay. He just hasn't played this year. Yeah, he's played three years. Right. Okay. So okay, four years in the league or younger. Fox and Buddy, baby. Do you really think Fox and Buddy are better than Luca and, and Porzingis? I'm asking seriously. No, no, no. Okay, they're not. I could see. I can see hearing. They might be the best. Um, does so. Let's say. So okay. here's my concern. Here's so, my concern. With so Porzingis. the best. They're the best two players that are on rookie contracts right now. I, I think I would probably agree with that. Better, yeah. better than Tatum and Brown. Oh yeah. Okay. So that I mean, are we cool with saying that, that that's a good young core then? It is, but okay. here's my but here here's my concern. Let's, let's say, so we've heard so we've heard um, we've heard some some mixed uh, mixed rumblings about Porzingis potentially signing his qualifying offer. Yeah, which would be one of the most insane things I think I've ever seen in sports. Yeah, and the qualifying offer. Just to clarify, that's like a a one year contract, right? Yeah, I, can't, I don't know how much it's for, but yep, it's a one-year deal. It's a one-year, but it's, like, closer to a rookie deal. Right. Right. So it'd probably, And his whole goal would be to pl- to be an unrestricted free agent signing the following season. Yeah, and it, it would be closer to, like, 4 or $5 million next year. Yeah, I believe somewhere in there. Okay. But then he would be unrestricted. Okay. That would be one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Um but if he, you know, and they say that if Dallas traded traded those players, traded those picks, and Porzingis ends up an unrestricted free agent and leaves, I mean, wouldn't that be a disaster for Dallas? Or do you would you think it's not that big a deal? It would be, um, but I think that Dallas has gone the all in route where they're trying to trade two first rounders for Luca. Right? They're going right. all in on Luca. They're right. trading Dennis Smith and a first rounder. For Porzingis, they're going all in on Porzingis. I think that uh, I th- I don't know. I think that, that this is an all in move for sure. 
Yeah. I and mean, and if, I can, it, if it pays off, it pays off. If not, then you're back in the lottery and you do this shit again. Yeah. So here, well, so here's my big concern with uh, Porzingis. He's had a lot of injuries in his career, right? Um, he had AC- ACL. I think he had a yeah. back problem early in his career. Um, the guy's seven three. Right. Does that not work? Does that not worry you? No. I, all right. I'm like way on the other side on Porzingis. I think Porzingis is like one of the most underrated players in the league, um, if not the most underrated, because. Before he got injured, he was a top three to five MVP candidate. He was having a really good season. Do you remember that when he was he was he like was, he, he was, was balling? I mean, do you agree he was top maybe five MVP MVP candidate last year? Yeah, he was. Yeah, I would need to go back and look at sure. everyone last season. Let's, but yeah, let's say yeah, ish. he was good. He was really let's, good. Let's say in that ballpark. I mean, if we named the top five MVP candidates this year, it would be Harden. Uh, A.D. Giannis, Steph, K.D. Paul George. Uh, just off the top of my head, we, and that's that's not fact, but sure. Let's say that. Okay. The, and like that company is elite. Like Porzingis, yeah. Porzingis was in that kind of company last year. Right. I I don't know to just think that he's going to be a bum. I don't. I don't well, think to me it's just. It, I mean, it's not even about his skills. It's about whether he's going to be able to like. Let's say recover. okay. Let's say he does. Yeah, let's say he does, you know, sign uh, his next contract with Dallas and he signs a max deal or whatever it is. Um, keeps having injuries, you know, just lingering problems like back injuries, knee injuries, whatever it might be. Nothing major, but, like, I feel like that's that could be a problem. And, he, like, he's he is he's not a small guy. He's 7'3". So I just feel like that's something that you keep in mind. And so, I mean, the fact that, like, I don't, I don't, I'm not confident in this. I think the Knicks are just dumb. But like, what if the Knicks knew more about his more about his injury history than like any other team? Yeah, you buy that. I I don't know if I buy that because um, I think that when we talk about like the best players in the league, I think that Curry has legitimate injury history. I think. Yeah, I feel like the difference there is Curry's like six two. Okay, Anthony Davis has legitimately legitimate injury history. I right? don't think he's ever had an ACL. Okay, that's fine. I mean, 64, 67, 68, 61, this year 41 games, so like he's already missed games. I don't know. He's he his first four seasons he didn't, you know, 64, 67, 68, 61. He's missing 20 games a season. Sure. I I think that there's players that miss games and it's all right, and I think that I don't know. I I'm not as. I mean, that's the yeah. That's the only thing that would concern me with Porzingis is. Yeah. I just feel like the guy's, the guy's big, and he has had a lot of injuries. I feel like that's the only thing I'd be concerned about. But hey, if Dallas is, uh, they're fine with it. I would look at Embiid right now, and I would be. Very, that's a good case. Very help. Very hopeful that like, whew, Embiid is playing a ton of minutes, too many minutes possibly. Yeah. And that's a great situation. Yep, that's a good. That's a good example. Like. Embiid, you know, you think his feet are jacked up. That's that's it for him, right? But I mean, that's worked out. And I know that each per- each person in each situation is different, but I think it could work out. I, I, it's, for sure, it's like impossible to say. We're we're both speculating, you know what I mean? But for sure, um, I think it's gonna work out, man. I think it will. Do you? It's gonna be interesting for sure. So, talking about value, 
we're talking about is Tatum is the Tatum package more valuable than the uh, Ingram package? Uh, how valuable is the Knicks package or was the Knicks package and stuff like that? I'm curious. Do you think there's anything in the league more valuable than the number one overall pick this year? Oh, like uh, any contra any one player, any one player, one I mean, player besides... on their current contract. On their current contract, is there any one player on their current contract that you would trade the number one pick? Zion Williamson. Is there any one player you would trade Zion Williamson getting drafted for? I mean, yeah. Like, what? Like, we still, like, you wouldn't trade on their current contract, you wouldn't trade him for Harden or LeBron or Steph Curry or anything like that? Here's the thing is, you get, you get Hart, or you get uh, Zion for. What was it? Five, four years on four, five years on the rookie deal, and four years on a, no, four years on a rookie deal, five years on an extension, max, right? Yeah, I mean, I so, so nine so years. He, so there, I mean, it's the whole argument. Like, would you trade the draft pick for a known, elite, all-time great quantity? And I would, I would lean towards yeah, but like the the players are small, and then if you're a rebuilding team, obviously, realistically. I'm assuming if that draft pick went on the table for Anthony Davis, the Pelicans would do that in a second. But the problem is that that you're also taking Zion under ten million dollars for the first four years. You're right, and I, yeah, right. You're right. And like, um, is that more valuable? Is Zion for nine years, but the first five years are under ten million? Is that more valuable than LeBron for four years? Uh. Thing to, I mean, I think it obviously depends on the team, right? I, it depends on your window, right? But I just think it's I, – I think it's very uh... – Like, I mean, if you just look at – let's look at these teams in the lottery right now. Like, if you're New York and you get the number one overall pick and you get Zion Williamson and assuming whatever happens, happens in free agency, you know, if that's what – if they get KD or whatever, like that's right. – you know, that's that's a game changer. Yeah, but like, what do you even trade that number one pick for? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, Anthony Davis. That was and, it. That and, was that was the one. Anthony Davis, and I feel like I feel like Zion for Anthony, like, is a you can do that straight up, and I think that that's fine. I really. So do. you're that. So you're that sold on Zion Williamson. Uh, I'm. Even if he doesn't project out, I think he's going to get the biggest shoe contract in in history. Um. I think that he's going to fill as many, if not more, seats than anyone could. I, Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm sold on the hype alone. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. how much does he further your, your team overall? Like, people want to play with him. Fans want to see him. I mean, uh, Dallas, Dallas this year is the number three team in uh, attendance on the road. I think it's I think it's like the Warriors and the Lakers are number one and two, I believe, and Dallas is number three. Do you really think it's because of Dirk, or do you think it's because of Luca? Like, yeah, I, I, think, I mean, that's, I think people yeah. are I think people are coming out to see Luca. And I mean, I personally went to the uh, Champions Classic. I'm a Michigan State fan. My wife's a UK fan, but honestly, I pulled my phone out and I started recording. Every single time Zion was close to the top of the free throw <laughs> of the uh, of the layup yep. line, like, yep. That's what it's all about, man. Uh, I don't know, man. I th- I think that that's must see TV. 
I think that every time Zion's in town, you have to see him. Yep, he he's been truly unbelievable, and I think it's it's uh it's a given that there no one think anyone's ever seen a player like this guy, six seven, you know, two eighty five. Like he's and honestly, the thing that I was concerned, uh, not as a concern, something I didn't know is that he's actually good. Like he's actually good at basketball. He's good, I remember, man. Like he's- I remember watching him, watching his highlights in. Uh, in college, well, when I was in college, when he was in high school, and, you know, my roommate would be like, hey, man, come watch this kid, Zion Williamson. I'm like, right. So I go watch him. And he was just dominating these kids because he was just jumping over them. He was just dunking on them. He was just so much stronger than them. So I'm like, okay, let's see how this guy actually plays at Duke. And he's been unreal. Like, he, yeah, yeah. I'm impressed about how good he actually is. He's a good passer. He's a good defender. Like, he, yeah, I don't know. I'm just... He's, I can't believe it. He's a NBA 2K created player. Yeah, like, like it's, he's real. unreal. He's a created player, so. Uh, yeah, so he, so we feel like the argument's over between him and R.J. Barrett, right? Yeah, I, I think so. Do you, I mean, do you think R.J. Barrett is number two, or do you think that's John Morant? Um, I don't know if you I fo- would still go, I, don't I know haven't if watched follow- a ton of. I haven't watched a ton of Moran yet. So so this is where I, I shamelessly plug. We have a college show called At Large Bid. We put a new episode up every Friday. Make sure you check it out. We got uh, we have some college basketball experts. We have uh, our buddy Ryan Luster, and we also have Tim Daniel. Tim is credentialed at Xavier and NKU, so um, he is actually kind of in, in the cut for a lot of the stuff. But he, man, he says John Morant, and I'm hearing a lot about it. John Morant is like, kind of moved up to that number two spot, from what I hear. He's supposed to be the next Westbrook. Um, especially because no one was talking about him before the season, really, were they? Yeah, he's a Murray State guy. You know what I mean? I, it's, I don't know. I mean, at this point, I haven't watched a ton of him. I've seen a little bit of him, and he's good for sure. At this point, I think I'd still go RJ Barrett. Yeah, R.J. Barrett seems a little safer. John Morant's a little more highlight. Right. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it's, it's going to be interesting. I think that we thought this draft was like three players deep. I think it's moved to about seven players deep. I think that Bull Bull has slid down as well, and, you know, people are going to find him like late lottery even. So. Yeah, I could see that. I, he's, I haven't he's the next watched... Porzingis right there. He's he's a I haven't, yeah. seven yep. he's a seven three uh <laughs> power forward that could shoot threes really well. And I'm like, oh yeah, we've seen this before. This is Porzingis. Yeah, I have not taken my deep dive into college basketball yet besides watching Duke. Um but you know who I like? I don't before we I don't know if we're gonna talk about college too much sure. now, but Rui Hachimura. <sighs> I don't know if you're familiar. Yeah. I am. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Gonzaga Gonzaga guy, yeah. Yeah, that's my guy. Okay. That is that's my guy. He's, I mean, I'm gonna his story. He's like the, uh, he's like the guy that was never given a chance, and then all of a sudden, he like worked his way into the starting lineup of uh, of Gonzaga and really made I mean, his way. Right. He's like the college basketball Jimmy Butler kind of story. Right. Oh yeah, a little bit, a little bit like that. Yeah, he's just like he's a th- he's a junior, six eight. Scoring like twenty five points a game, he's shooting like forty from three, like he's just been really solid. And I look at mock drafts occasionally, and I'll see him like out of the lottery, maybe the back end. But like, like you said, I don't think this draft is super deep. I don't know why he wouldn't go higher. Yeah, um, 
But anyways, that's my guy, and I'm going to die on that hill forever for all of the entire college basketball season. Love that. I'm definitely not a college basketball expert by any means. Um, I know that college basketball is not something I'm super passionate about, but uh, that's why we have at-large that's why we have at large bid. So uh, make sure you check that out. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, what else you got, man? What else you got for me? Uh, I think we've pretty much touched on everything. Unless you want to talk more Kings, because I can go on. That's an entire new pod, to be honest. Yeah. Um, we've, uh, we've done a ton. Yeah. I think we've touched on pretty much everything. I don't know if you want to circle back and just talk about Porzingis, that whole trade again. Um, yeah, Winner, I don't know. Winners it's, and losers. Who's the winner? Yeah, I mean, I think tch, Mavericks are just the winner right now. I don't think anyone. Yeah. I don't think anyone really knows what the Knicks are doing. I think that I think it's always the person that got the best player. For sure. And right now, it's the it's the Mavericks, and you know, if KD ends up going to the Knicks, the Knicks might be the winners. But as as we're seeing it right now, uh, on January thirty first. I would say that the Mavericks are the winners. So, like the Knicks, like, do you think that the Knicks knew something that no one else knows? You think they? Do you I think d- they have a handshake agreement? I don't. I I just think they're they're just really trying to to go for it. If they don't, then I think this is one of the most insane things I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. It'll be interesting to see. I think that uh, it makes me a lot more optimistic for the Knicks this offseason, though. Yeah, I mean. I just applied for a, a media credential for the Big East tournament, and it's at oh, Madison nice. Square Gardens. Oh, what the? That's and, awesome. Uh, I think we're going to get it because our buddy Tim covers Xavier on a daily basis. So hey, oh, that's, hopefully that's I can go to Madison Square Gardens because that's like the the all-time goal, man. It's the Mecca. It is. It's. I, I just want the Knicks to be good, you know what I mean? Oh, man. Yeah. I, I I don't know. I'll get James Dolan. I'm just like, you guys don't deserve to be good. Yeah. <laughs> he won't be there forever, though. Mm, hopefully. Hopefully. All right. Um, before we go, you're a big Disney guy. True. Everything Disney. Okay. Yeah. My daughter is uh, one and a half years old. She's now obsessed with Toy Story. And, oh, me, and yeah. my, me and my wife on a daily basis discuss which Toy Story is the best and which one's the worst I want you to rank the Toy Story movies because <sighs> I've this my opinion so here, on this has incredibly changed over the years too so here, yeah I my gut reaction my instinct just my in my heart it's one three two okay I think on a rewatch I feel like every time I watch two I'm always like impressed about how awesome it is I agree uh, yeah, I but think I'm okay three, with putting it third. Three just had like an insane. I think just me because I went through like I don't know I probably went through the same phase your daughter did when I was little. I was obsessed with Toy Story like more yeah. than anything when I was a kid, and I was like, I don't know, two and three. Um, I'm a th- so watching I'm that, a three I'm watching, one two guy right now. Whoa! And this is uh, susceptible to change at any given moment. Whoa! So I reserve the right to change it always. Three, one, two. Yeah, so three, I think they did pretty, like, I don't Dude, know. It was an incredible job with, the last, like, such like, an old the movie. The last, like, but, half hour of three is incredible. Yeah. Once they get out of the daycare, it's, like, flawless. 
it's it's tr- it truly is. I think having like such like a deep emotional attachment to like just Toy Story in general and seeing three and then seeing them put like my char- my favorite characters on the brink of death was kind of <laughs> fucked up. When they all but, hold like, hands. When they all yeah, hold hands in the fire. Yeah, it's like one of the most fuck. Can I say fuck? Am I allowed to say that? Oh, absolutely. Cool. It's like one of the most fucked up things I think I've ever been through yeah. in like a movie experience. Um, but yeah, I'm going one, three, two. One, three, two. Right okay, that's fine. Two is two is both of our last ones. Yeah, I feel. Yeah, like you said, I think that could change. Yeah, no, I'm fine with that. Um, and then another conversation we've had. Um, I'm sure we've had it for at, at least an hour, if not hours. You, I'm gonna have you right now rank the Star Wars movies. Oh my god! And I know this is. I don't know. I don't know if I. All right. Oh no, you can. <sighs> All right, just let me think about it for a second. Okay. And I know you're a big Star Wars game guy. For for everyone, because I know literally nobody knows this, me and you play uh, Overwatch, the video game. Oh, yeah. Uh, on a nightly basis. But you, you also play the Star Wars game. Yeah, I play Battlefront a little, mostly just because I bought it and I feel like I have to. You don't have to. I mean, I bought it. It's okay, you don't have, have to. No. All right, All right I'm done. I'm done playing it. Um, all right. All right. Here we go. Empire Strikes Back. Okay. Return of the Jedi. Okay. Revenge of the Sith. All right. A New Hope. Okay. Episode one. Phantom Menace. And then episode two. Okay. And then I don't count the new ones. That's fine. You don't have to. Cool. Um... Can I just like ruin your life real quick and yeah, go for it and tell you mine? All right, my favorite Star Wars movie. You ready for this? I know you already know. Episode three. I back it. Is my favorite. It's got the best. I'm all for it. Got the best lightsaber fights. I'm for it. Uh, it's it's great. It's top tier. You see the best villain in maybe culture history. Can we say culture history? Is that a thing? Can I, can I say the best villain in culture history, the best character in culture history? Uh, you actually see Darth Vader become Darth Vader. Incredible. Which is the most important moment in everyone's lives. Don't care who you are. You know, the prequels get such a bad rap. It's so frustrating, but there's some great things in those movies. So I will go three... Or episode three, episode five, episode. So we got Revenge of the Sith, Empire Strikes Back. Episode six, episode four. Okay. Episode two, episode one. Yeah. I mean. And I feel confident in that. Yeah, that's about. I could see it. All right. I don't have any any issues with that. I know you don't. I appreciate oh, that. Oh, I feel like. A, eh. It's pretty. It's a good list. All right, I Jordan. Think episode two. Yeah, we're calling it. Um, I'm trying to play video games with you if it's possible. Are you even home yet? Mm, I'll be home in like twenty. All right. All right. Uh, one last time, shameless plug. Where can we find you on Twitter? We're re- we're retweeting you all the time. You you got great stuff. Yeah. So you can follow uh, the Lottery Bound account at Lottery Hoops. Um, just a lot of nonsense there. Um, if you want to follow me personally, you can. It's at J M B H A N J I. 
Um, that's my personal account. There's really not a lot that goes on there except just more basketball and Star Wars talk. Um, but yeah. All right, man. I've been dying to do this for like, I don't know, since I met you. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> this was a fun one, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, so we'll put this up and uh, hope everyone has a great week. And we will talk to you guys on uh, honor before trade deadline time. So appreciate it, Jordan. Appreciate Thanks, it, guys. Man. Yeah, absolutely. Take care, guys.